Welcome to the Tiproxy Method, creating confident learners. The Tiproxy Method uses a unique combination of breathwork, brain body work, gratitude, and a clay-based program to affect the neuroplasticity of the brain in students. To help strengthen their mind-body connection, help them develop a growth mindset, and most importantly, trust and confidence in themselves. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. One way to support the Creating Confident Learners podcast is to leave a five-star review and written review anywhere you listen to it. Thanks so much, and let's get started. Because in academics, there's going to be information that doesn't make sense to all of us. And so helping them through this process to really, really not cover up, but to really, truly listen, to have the ears to hear so that they can learn to the best of their abilities is so, so important. Be sure to sign up for the foundation course. This course is here to support you, both parents and educators. It teaches the exact foundational tools I have used with students to increase focus, ease anxiety, and help raise confidence and self-esteem so that they can succeed in all areas of their lives, including academics. It's made into bite-sized digestible pieces to help you apply these tools right away. Aloha and welcome to another episode of the Creating Confident Learners podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you're at and just excited to be here creating another episode. So again, I would love if you've gotten something from the podcast that I've been working on for a while now, as I pull up the mic, it would be really wonderful if you took some time to go on to Apple Podcasts. You don't have to be an Apple user. Write a little five-star review and really keep letting this information, something that seems so simple, but is actually profound, get to more and more parents and teachers. I'd really appreciate it. (laughs) So what's been coming up lately? So I'm usually pulling up the mic to see, you know, talking about things that are happening with the students that I have in this school year. And unfortunately, I've had a couple of kids who are covering up, not truly understanding stuff, not really being open to truly listening to solve the problem at hand, the lack of understanding in just particular math concepts or concepts in general. And when kids don't have the ears to listen, oftentimes we can't get to that gap of knowledge because they're not willing to hear. There's a whole host of reasons that kids tend to cover up understanding or not truly listening. It's mostly a self-preservation to, you know, combat, you know, embarrassment or feeling shameful or, or hopefully not shameful, but to cover up embarrassment or, you know, cover up that they're behind or not getting something, you know, usually there's this self-protection that's happening. So when we talk about academics, it has an upward trajectory and naturally builds on prior mastery of concepts, especially in the subject of mathematics. When I think about teaching kids who are behind, it's all about teaching directly to what they need, whether it's focus, whether it's dealing with behavior problems, whether it's dealing with gaps in knowledge and going directly to those holes, directly to the tools that they need to become the best learners possible for them. And I've been noticing that some of my students that are faltering in school when school gets harder consistently have some of the same characteristics. They tend to cover up that they actually don't really understand something. They tend to rush through assignments 
They won't pause or slow down or stop to truly listen and or get rather defensive or upset when they get something wrong. And all of these are symptoms of the root cause of gaps not being addressed fully. And they're all self-defense mechanisms. But also when kids are doing this, they're really lacking a truthfulness or honesty with themselves. And so when we are not truly willing to look at something that is hard or that we don't understand or that we need to change in life or in school, there's no way to fix it when there is denial. It's impossible to help children succeed and get better at something when they cover up what they don't understand. They aren't honest about it. They won't actually listen. And, you know, I get to work one-on-one, so I get to see what they are getting and not getting and doing. But in a group setting, kids can get really lost if they're not advocating for themselves or they're not, you know, asking for the extra help when they are struggling. Because they're not going to struggle on everything. But when those things come up, we want the tools to do that as well. And oftentimes they are embarrassed because these skills are things that they should have, right, in quotes, learned already, and their peers and classmates have mastered it. They're moving through the material quickly. They're not making those types of mistakes. I'm talking about things like regrouping in multiple digit numbers or subtraction in upper years when that's something that would be mastered more in third or fourth grade or hopefully third or second grade. And then they have to have the same skill with a harder concept, maybe regrouping to borrow when subtracting fractions. Now it's not just the case of borrowing tens, but now we're borrowing different groups based on the denominator and how that works. So, you know, if there is a slight wiggle, I call it, or slight gap or slight misunderstanding or not mastery of something, when a concept gets harder, it just keeps coming back around and those same mistakes end up coming up over and over again. And what I've noticed is that these kids who struggle with the same concept over and over again, the math concept of say borrowing or carrying the letters themselves, like misidentifying letters, the spelling patterns, it's like they've learned this skill incorrectly when they are younger. And now we're having to find new ways to override that automatic pathway in the brain, in this case, the wrong pathway of the brain to and create a whole new connection so that they do it right. But it's really having to digest it, find a way to bring it to their attention, and then to find the way that they process and understand it properly. And sometimes it's exposure, sometimes it's use of manipulative, sometimes it's not enough practice. But really, when something has been learned incorrectly, you have to almost unwind that like a a ball of yarn knots in there and then reteach it in a way that is correct and you know when we talk about the wrong pathways or information being incorrectly wired in the brain I always think about like how in middle school I couldn't tell you my locker code heck I can't even tell you my phone passcode sometimes but when I use the muscle memory I could always open my locker (laughs) so that's how you know strong the brain body connection information wise is really linked and you know I've had to have some hard conversations with some students recently as the school year has gotten harder that they need to pause they need to slow down they need to really think about what they're doing especially in a subject or a concept that they know they tend to mess up and just slow down and really practice until it becomes easeful and proficient but I've had some resistance with some kids where they're like but I already know this but then 
when they slow down, they've got it right. But then in a test or, you know, when they're not really present and thinking about it, those same mistakes come up over and over and over again. And I have one child who is very, very resistant to showing any weakness or getting anything wrong and, you know, really tries to cover that up. And it's a wonderful quality that she wants to do well in school. When kids get upset about making mistakes or getting a bad grade, you know, we have to help them reframe. It's wonderful that they care because, you know, when kids don't care, that's a whole different battle and a, a whole different, you know, set of conversations and tools. But when they do, and but they're shutting down or they're getting disproportionately upset, you know, we have to help them reframe. Hey, this is a mistake. This just shows us what you don't know yet, but with enough practice, with enough concentration, with enough, you know, time, you know, those 10,000 hours to become an expert, maybe your child needs the 10,000 hours to become an expert in multi-digit multiplication or multi-digit subtraction with regrouping. We need enough practice for a skill to become easeful in life and in school. But when they really shut down and they don't, they look at it as more than just a mistake or more that I just didn't know it yet. You know, then, you know, this this is the stuff that starts to chip at their self-esteem, starts to chip away at how they feel about themselves. Again, a mistake is a mistake. (laughs) We as humans do not know everything. We go to school to learn new things. But when they shut down, when they get super frustrated, when they're super hard on themselves, it's also a hindrance to growing as a student. And when she won't actually listen to how to do things correctly or rushes through things, nothing gets resolved. For us to truly learn, it's often having the ears to listen to actually what is going on and not necessarily how we think it should be, right? A lot of times we can't change anything in life if we're not willing to look at it and or to really hear what needs to be different in order for it to be better. And same with kids, with the kids who will not listen, who have convinced themselves that they know something when they're showing you know, over and over again that they're missing it, they need to open their ears and really hear what the problem is, hear what the mistake is so that it can be redirected, so it can be practiced, so it can be learned. The number of times that kids come to me doing a math problem wrong or a concept wrong, and they're convinced that that's how they learned it in school, (laughs) and they're just making these mistakes in front of me, only to go back to school and go, oh yeah, you were right. I didn't hear, learn, remember, understand all the steps that I was supposed to do. And, you know, that's, it's fine, but it also makes it harder to teach correct things, concepts correctly when there's so much resistance. That's the thing about not knowing something well enough yet. All kids will know something well enough with enough practice, you know, enough proficiency, enough scaffolding, enough support. And I often end up talking with these kids who slip up on past mistakes that, you know, we get to now use their older brain, you know, and relearn something that their younger brain didn't get right before. So now when they're older, they are having to reteach themselves, but they need to teach themselves and their brain another way to remember the information correctly and override that automatic mistake. My good friend, Dennis Morton, he's a Peloton instructor. If you've taken any of his spin class, you probably have heard him say practice makes 
permanent. It doesn't make perfect, it makes permanent. Whatever we do over and over again, whether it's correct or incorrect, is what is permanently wired in the brain and body. You know, in this case, he's talking about spin, uh, spin habits <laughs> when you're riding the bike. And when something is made permanently wrong, information-wise in the brain, it takes a lot more effort to unlearn it and learn it correctly. And that's okay. That is part of the learning process for children. But if we let these things sit or don't fully address them, then it comes up over and over and over again. I will always say the quickest way to teach a child, any person, something is to directly have the conversations, the teaching moment that teaches them what they don't know. Where is their gaps? We're all going to get gaps in a group setting. That's just the nature of learning, but it's what have we actually retained? What do we actually need to retain and go for there? So one of the biggest hindrance to real learning is not truly being willing to listen or not truly looking at mistakes, being willing to look at mistakes together and sitting down and looking at what is so that it can be different. Covering up understanding when kids say they know something when they truly do not, you know, just is a hindrance to where they're going. My students who struggle the most right now are and who are in the thick of the content, the middle of the year, they're also the ones who don't always fully listen or cover things up. And I watch the anxiety that this brings rather than just using it as information for themselves. Oh, I need to remember that this is where I make mistakes. This is where I need to take the breath and slow down or the three or five or 10 breaths. This is where I need to take that pause. That is not the end of the world if I make a mistake, but I need to remember that it's something that is harder for me and that I need to pay attention. But the ones who just push through instead of stopping to take the time to really find out a way that they can understand the skill, to really pause and ask themselves, do I totally get this? That problem with that skill just comes up over and over again. It's more like the willingness to listen and the stillness to be honest with themselves that it's hard isn't there. Well, again, we can't change anything in life that we're not willing to accept that is there or look at. And true change, true building of life and academic skills can only begin to be changed and redirected when there is a willingness, an openness to actually look at the problem, the struggle, to let go of the denial and have an honest conversation of what is needed to look at. A lot of times in life we're grasping. We are rigid. We want one outcome when there are infinite possibilities as to what can happen. And kids with really high self-esteem, high self-confidence knows that it doesn't change or devalue who they are when they mess up. But the ones with high anxiety who make a mistake mean more than what it is, just a mistake, really struggle. And it perpetuates in their academic skills too, which is so interesting to think about. How we think and talk about the thing that is hard for us makes it harder or easier in the long run. And again, the brain eventually figures it out, but we have to build a strong synaptic connection in the brain with enough repetition, enough repetition with correction and practice it to make it easeful. And the ones who are covering up that, what they don't understand and can't, won't listen to the process, this just takes double the amount of time because of this. So really, we need to really teaching kids to be honest with mistakes in academics and it's just a mistake. It's just something I don't understand yet and really reframing how they look at it so they can open up to listen and not cover up and not feel embarrassed, but really figure out for themselves 
how they learn and address the problems that come up. Because in academics, there's going to be information that doesn't make sense to all of us. And so helping them through this process to really, really not cover up, but to really, truly listen, to have the ears to hear so that they can learn to the best of their abilities is so, so important. Be sure to sign up for the foundation course. This course is here to support you. It teaches the exact foundational tools I have used with students to ease anxiety and help raise confidence and self-esteem so that they can succeed in all areas of their lives, including academics. It's available as a one-time purchase or as an ongoing monthly subscription with extra group support and monthly live stream. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter to stay in contact. Keep up with the Creating Confident Learners community on Instagram and Facebook at Creating Confident Learners. Have a blessed day and aloha.